Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. And we are back with another episode of the From the Raptors podcast. Sam and I are here recording Monday, January 3rd after back-to-back Boston Celtics wins. Uh, rough little three-game losing streak there, which we got to bitch and moan about in our last episode. And now we're back to positive, kind of, question mark. I mean, the Suns win was a really good one. I enjoyed that. But the Magic win was um, about as bad of a win as you could get, even with Jalen Brown scoring 15. We can start there. J- Jalen Brown was phenomenal. I mean, that's the one takeaway you can take. He did turn he the ball great. over quite a bit. Seven, I think he had. He had six against Phoenix. He only had four against Orlando, though. So not. I thought he had bad. seven. Why did I keep seeing mm-hmm. seven on Twitter? Look at me coming out of the gates uneducated. Sorry, gang. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I can double check, but I'm pretty sure he only had four against uh, Orlando. But, but yeah, I mean, I regardless, it was... It was tough. Maybe that was Minnesota. I was looking at a lot of games the other day. Let me double check before I'm the stupid one. Regardless, um, it was yeah. really great to see somebody take it to another level. He did have seven. Stretch you're right. I game. must have been looking at Minnesota. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I think this is really the first time this whole season we've seen somebody take it to another level. Like when a game is getting close to the end. Typically, they've been absolutely horrible in the fourth quarter. They kind of continued the trend for the first like two two thirds of the fourth and four minutes left, they kind of stepped on the gas a bit. Him and Marcus Smart played really well. Smart had a pretty good game overall, a little inefficient, but uh can't complain too much. I thought he was really a uh, pivotal piece in the comeback as well, making a couple big stops, getting a nice steal. But yeah, Brown looked great. I think it really stems down to he was attacking the basket at the end, right? He wasn't chucking a lot of threes. Made a couple big ones, which is obviously great to see, but he got a lot of his points at the rim, felt like. Yeah. Which is what I'm here for. And I think really should be the point of emphasis when it gets down to it and the game's close because taking these tough shots is just not the way to go. I mean, even look at the one he tried for the win there. It was a tough mid-range with, you know, four seconds left. He could have fought for a better shot than that. Yeah, the shot at the end of overtime wasn't ideal, obviously. And you don't want to be in that spot against a team as depleted as the Magic. I mean, they're down most of their guys anyways. Um, it, it was, like I said, it was a bad win. But Jalen Brown, like you said, driving to the hoop, uh, that kind of stuff. He took 10 threes, made five. But when he's attacking, and you know me, I'm less, not even like hesitant. I'm more open to a lot of three-point shots. Like, I'm fine with it because I'm an analytics guy and whatever you want to say. But... When you generate them by passing around the perimeter, and Scal says this on the broadcast all the time, you have to get into the paint before you get these good looks for right. threes, right? You can't just be passing around the perimeter and pulling up with a guy in your face. You need to get to the hoop and then kick it out to other shooters. That's how you generate good three-point shots. And obviously, there's other ways, you know, pick and roll, kick it back, stuff like that, pick and pop. But that's the main way the Celtics have been able to be a successful three-point offense this season. I'm doing some research right now, Sam. And this can kind of tie into stuff in the future because, I, th- I mean, realistically, there's not much more much more to say about Brown. He was fucking phenomenal. I mean, 50 points is 50 points. He carried the team on their back. What this tells me as a greater team is I think rotational changes need to be made, right? Celtics wins this season. They shoot 37.3% from three. In losses, they shoot 29.5%. To me, that tells yeah, me there's a clear clear correlation to Celtics winning this season you need spacing on the floor you need to shoot the ball well right and if you want to make the argument that that shouldn't be their offense they need to change that that's one thing right and I I wouldn't fight it you know maybe they could they could use to take a few less threes and the the progression uh from the start of the season now is still is still true I mean they take a little bit less but if you're gonna run this offense Ime Udoka who I've been like uh, you know defended a lot this season you got to put the right pieces on the floor and putting Dennis Schroeder in the starting lineup next to Marcus Smart is not the way to do that. That does the opposite. That takes away spacing off the floor, right? And you mentioned before we got on here, Peyton Pritchard's taking a little step back. Yeah, he, uh, you can have a couple bad games. I th- still think, obviously, and anybody who watches the team will, uh, you know, agree with this. He's a much better floor spacing option than Dennis Schroeder. And oh yeah. Dennis Schroeder was, like you said, 
he was great at the end of that Orlando game, right? He, you needed his shot creation. You need his aggressiveness, but throughout the first, you know, whatever half of basketball, he was a mess. He was a mess. He, he was making bad passes. He was taking ill-advised shots. He was missing passes. I mean, you saw the cut Richardson made to the hoop. I assume. Yeah. And at what point does Udoka realize, okay, if I'm going to shoot this many threes, I need to put lineups on the floor that shoot a lot of threes. Mark the pairing of Marcus Martin, Dennis Schroeder, has played the third most minutes of any pairing on the season. Why? For what? Because of injuries, probably. But <laughs> no, still. but even still, like, it just—it's just so frustrating that, especially that pairing together. Because in my opinion, mm-hmm. that that pairing should very rarely share the floor together. Yeah. yeah. I also, I I have mixed feelings on Schroeder. I completely understand the negative side, but. Also, to touch on the positive side, and this is a change he's going to have to make. It's not like if he keeps playing the way he's playing, it's fine or whatever. So you, we discussed the three-pointers, right? And the way to get three-pointers is by getting to the paint. At least early on in the season, he was doing a whole lot of that. There, yesterday, he was failing to get past these big guys, which was kind of concerning to see. He was just forcing the shot instead of looking for a pass. Right. Like he's and just trying the, to shoot what him. I was going to say is if yeah. he's going to – be impactful for this team. He's kind of got to do what Marcus Smart has done this season and buy into the role of distributing. Mm-hmm. Because if he does that, he's really effective. And yes, if he's passing the ball, they're not going to be able to focus on him so much in the paint as they probably have adjusted to do, which is part of the reason he's dipped off a bit. Yeah, but that doesn't mean he needs to be on the team long term. It's just like if he wants to be the best player he can be for this team, that's what he has to do. But I don't think he wants to do that. I think he wants to be the best player he can be to get paid next season. Yeah, I don't think he gives a shit about the Celtics. Right well, he but, probably no, well, won't be on the that's, team that's much longer. That's a stretch. He, he's he probably not going to be on the team much longer, anyways. But if he, you know, if they are going to be at the best while he's on the floor, that's the play style he needs to play. He has had good games this season as trying to be a scorer, but I really feel like he would be most effective if he was really looking to make the right pass. And some guys don't have the vision or whatever, and that's fine. But, you know, to be the best fit, like you say, you either need to shoot or be the one passing, and he's not really going to be one you want shooting. So if he's going to make those drives, he as well as the team have to make the most of them. Mm -hmm. And I would say, I mean, it was his first game back after covid this is probably one of his most effective games in a while since he's been on the court. Would you agree with that? Like, it's one of his better games. In well, the last it was like a play. like a tale of two halves, I guess. Like, I thought he was bad. Yeah. I mean, I messaged all you guys. I thought he was bad in the first half. Like, I could I could notice, like, a lot of dribbling, a lot of trying to create his own shot. Could not get past the big guys, which was concerning to me because he was so quick earlier in the season. Now he all of a sudden can't blow past, uh, you know, like Wendell Carter or Mo Bamba. That's bad. Yeah. But the second half, he he's, he's very – he's one of the players I trust in, like, closing situations for some reason. I just feel like he – probably it's probably because he elects to go to the basket uh-huh. instead of take tough shots. Because he can't shoot. Yes. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't – I thought he was fine in well, crunch time. He made – he scored on yeah. back-to-back possessions in overtime. He looked pretty good, so. My point was he was good – because of the thing I've been saying all season, he's only good when Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown's missing. He's not effective yeah. with the other two on the court, right? You put him in lineups with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I think you're right. He's just not. He's just not good because you need that. Obviously, if you had to choose, Sam, who are you going to put? The, and this isn't like attacking you. This isn't at you because I know you would probably agree with me. If you have those three on the court, who's the last one to get the ball in your ideal world? Dennis Schroeder by far, by a mile. I'd it should be him. Ball. Because of the talent, but I really would like to see a team where those guys don't have to have the ball the whole time. Not necessarily saying that I want them to stand there and catch and shoot. No, I just think they shouldn't necessarily be trying to create yes. shots for others as much as as much as they are being asked to. It would be nice if there was a guy with Schroeder's skill set creating shots for the whole team I or, agree or with you, initiating except- offense. I agree with you, except like you said, Schroeder's not looking to pass. No, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying yeah. it's him. I'm just saying, you know, if he bought into the role, like I was saying, like if he really was like, okay, pass first, score second, you know, try and get finishes yes. around the rim, 
yeah, fine. That'd be he'd be a perfect fit. He he's quick. He kind of scraps on defense, even though he's not really the best defender. Yeah, I don't. He like he manages to be an irritant every once in a while, which is nice to have. But I yeah. But my thing is, if he's not doing that, there's no place for him on the floor with the Jays. There's just I there's agree. not a space on in the lineup for him because you're gonna have if he's not passing and he's not distributing and he's not he shooting. sure as hell is not shooting. No. So fine, put Pritchett out there, have him stay on the perimeter and shoot. This is what I was gonna say. I think you need to, and this isn't saying. And Pritchard's Pritchard someone start. you have for years, and he's young, and you can work with him. You know, Schroeder's gonna be uh, yeah. gone in, in the most in six months. So yeah, and I, I don't care. Like Pritchard doesn't have to start. I don't want Pritchard in the starting lineup. I think Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, one, two, three, is a good starting lineup. But even when one of the Jays is out, I think putting in. Pitt and Pritchard over Dennis Schroeder would definitely help with floor spacing, especially if you're going to need that Jay, whoever is healthy, to be more of a playmaker because the other one is out. Um, And past that, I really think you need to look at taking, you know, one of the bigs out of your double big lineup and putting in Gray Williams at this point. I really think he needs consideration to be in that starting lineup. He had a, a tough shooting game against the Magic the other night. I still thought he played good defense. I still thought he did other things well. Um, and Ime Udoka is rewarding him. He's played a lot of minutes in a lot of games recently. Fun fact, when Grant Williams plays over 30 minutes, Celtics are 5-2. and two. When he plays over 27-30, they're 8-3. and three. Like, th- th- when Grant Williams plays a lot of minutes, the Boston Celtics win more basketball games. That is the formula. And yeah. does that say that? Well, it's so, nice uh, having someone that can make it three every <laughs> once in a while on the floor. And he yeah. plays great defense. I mean, you watched him against the Suns. His defense against Devin Booker was elite. E-L-I-T-E. Yeah. Like, that was... A lot of great possessions Phenomenal defense. And Forcing him into I, tough shots. Yes. I really think you need to take a look at, and I, the guy I would personally, in my opinion, take out of the starting lineup is Al Horford, and it's not a knock against Al, but if you Robert Williams is just that good, and you have that much you know faith in him, which Ime Udoka clearly does based on his comments, I, I think you need to look at adding more spacing into that starting lineup. And again, Al Horford's been great this season for, for who he is as a player. But Grant Williams has been better, and you—he's not the better player. But in terms of a fit with this basketball team and with the starting lineup you want to roll out there, having a guy who can shoot forty-four percent from three-point range is something you want in that starting lineup. Someone who can do that while also playing great defense on the other end, make hustle plays, get rebounds, is a smart basketball player. That's any team in the NBA would kill to have Grant Williams on their roster right now. Any other team in the NBA would kill to have him. He's 22. He's doing all of this. He's an elite shooter. He's exactly what you want on teams, you know, around the league right now. And I, I think he needs to be a starter at this point. And I think Udoka, at the very least, needs to do more experimentation. Because after, you remember the ugly loss to the Suns earlier this season on that West Coast trip, obviously? Yeah. It was a bad loss. After that you know, game, he had 21 points and 15 rebounds. Yeah. After and no that one game, played for them. After that game, Udoka said, yeah, we're going to take a look at the rotations now. You know, 27 games is enough. And since then, obviously, there have been COVID, you know, issues that have forced him to make changes in that rotation. But boom, the first time that Dennis Schroeder is available, the first time that he is able to be back, he's back in the starting lineup. So that tells me Udoka didn't take anything from that time he got where Peyton Pritchard was shooting really well, where Romeo Lankford was playing great defense. Granted, Romeo was out last night. He's going to go back to the same rotations he's run all year long, and there's not going to be any changes. I understand that the starting lineup of Smart, Brown, Tatum, Al, and Rob has been good. It's been really good. It's been a defensive juggernaut. But if you want to add offense to this team, and he's gotten a little bit better at the end of games, like Horford wasn't in the game at the end of that Magic game. It was Grant Williams until he fouled out. But at what point do you real? And maybe that is it. Maybe it doesn't matter who starts the game, but the yeah, fact that Grant Williams is getting more minutes is good. The Schroeder thing is what really boggles my mind because I, I don't know. That, and it's that one I thing when with. Jason Tatum's out, like, fine. But I, I once Jason Tatum is back, if Dennis Schroeder is still getting more minutes than Peyton Pritchard with the Jays on the floor, I'm just going to be baffled because I don't know what Udoka is watching at that point. And I'm his, in his defense, I think he's done a fine job. It doesn't make sense. That doesn't like. There's no. There's no reason Dennis Schroeder should be getting you know significant minute more minutes than Peyton Pritchard anymore. Yeah, in like we've already like hammered home. Like, just not the fit doesn't make a lot of sense for what Schroeder is trying to do while he's on the floor and what the team needs him to do. And I don't think they're telling him to do one thing and he's not doing it. I just think 
they they see at least Ima Udoka sees value in him trying to be a scorer and the numbers tell you differently. And this is one time I do agree with stats. Like it's universal. Like when he's on the floor and everyone's healthy, everyone kind of plays worse. It's, it's not good. Um, smart plays significantly worse. Brown does not, or Brown doesn't really play as well either. I don't think. And then Schroeder himself does not play good. So that's three important pieces on your team, not playing well because he's on the floor. Yeah. I mean, you know me, you know, I'm out on Schroeder. I just, I don't know. I just don't think he fits this team. And I think, like you said, if he becomes a more willing passer, then he could fit the team. But until then, then there's just – he just he just dribbles. And I understand his box score stats looked good against the Magic, and he was good in those final closing minutes when he needed a few buckets. But Dennis Schroeder was bad. For the first at least half, maybe even three quarters, Dennis Schroeder was not good. He was making stupid decisions with the basketball. He was useless when he didn't have the ball in his hands. He wasn't playing good defense. He got lost. There was one point. He let Tim Frazier back him down for an easy bucket at one point. What are you doing? Like, are you like that's there's no excuse for letting Tim Frazier back you down for a layup. That, that's no, there's no excuse letting the magic run you into overtime and almost lose. But yeah. Over, overall, it was just a bad three and a half quarters from everybody it involved. Was. <laughs> it was. Except for Jaylen probably Jalen Brown, but even then he was pretty yeah. sloppy. So, you know, he, yeah. he contributed a lot of the turnovers. He kept it together very well in the second half, but they should have no business being in a close no. game against that Magic team. Regardless, I mean, that team at its base is bad. Now, take away some of the best players on the team and you're still going into overtime against them, it's bad. It's bad. Yes. The Phoenix For wins sure. great, but For Phoenix sure. is playing a 1 p.m. game on the East Coast when they're used to that being 10 a.m. Where, where they're from, and it's their first game on the East Coast. So it's fantastic. You beat the best one of the best teams in the league. That was a good win. It that was, was a good quality win. win. But, I mean, don't put all your eggs in that basket. Like, it's great they won. I'm happy they won. They beat a good team. As they tend to do, they usually hang with the good teams. Problem is they don't show up against these bad teams and it makes for embarrassing losses. You see yourself under 500 because you drop games like the one against Minnesota, like the one against that the Clippers. The Neither one of those games are games you should have lost. You lost them. You shouldn't have lost against the box. You got up for it. You were up 19. You lost it because you don't know how to close games. That's the biggest mm-hmm. thing. So if you really want the big takeaway from yesterday, it's that they did figure out how to close the game. They finally closed the game this season, so good for them. Yeah. Jalen Brown played like a closer. He got himself to the basket. He made smart decisions with the basketball. Well, they didn't the even quarter. close it. They had to come back. They had to come back. <laughs> well, they, they had to close it, too. Like, yes. they, they played well as the clock was ticking down in the fourth quarter, which is not something you can say for very many games this season, regardless of yeah. where they're playing from. They executed in that game specifically pretty much every time down the floor in the last four minutes and got stops. Did Orlando play pretty bad and do some dumb things, maybe miss some free throws. Yeah. But if you really want a positive after a two and two week, that was really felt like Oh, and four or maybe one and three, I guess you can really take that Phoenix win and hang it in the rafters if you want, (laughs) (laughs) but you you finally played well down the stretch of a game. So good Mm -hmm. build on it. You have yeah, San Antonio and, uh, Wednesday. You, sh- you should have beat them the first time. You didn't mm-hmm. because you couldn't play down the stretch. Beat them. They're bad. <laughs> they're bad. Yeah. This isn't the pregame show. I can say they're bad. Yeah, they're, they're not a good team. They've DeJounte Murray's the only they, they, they were the team that you said would be the worst this season. I did. Before the I did season. think they would be the worst. And they're not. They're not Which the is not a knock on you. I'm saying that. The Celtics should be able to beat them. I I throw yes. bad team around like it's nothing, but you know you pinned them as the worst, which I, I think did, has weight. And to they're it. not, like I said, but they, they, they're still they're close. better than. No, they're not. They're not that close. But What's they, they're record? a bad team. Uh, let me look right now. I just know it's less so that they're not close, and more so the other teams are just a lot worse. They're fourteen and twenty-one right now. They're they're not that close. That's not. Yeah. as far off as you want to think, but um, they're not good. That's only three games worse than the Celtics. Yeah, <laughs> or, that's, or, that uh, was my so. first thought. <laughs> I mean, the worst teams in the league. Magic are one of the worst teams in the league. They're 7-30 Houston. Right now. 
Um, Even the Houston have separated themselves. It's really just the Magic and the Pistons Pelicans. by far and away the worst teams. Yeah, Pelicans. Pistons. Are... OKC <laughs> is kind of bad too, but they have good wins. They're bad, bad. The Trailblazers are worse than the Spurs this year. How how sad is that? Is At least the Celtics beat sad. them when they they <laughs> saw them. Though that's a good thing. Very true. Anyway, one win they got um, out west, and they looked horrible. And all, except, well, the Utah game they get a pass for because that was that's unbelievable. But the rest of the games they were terrible. Yeah. Anyway, Celtics are undefeated in 2022. They can hang their hat on that. Yes. Uh, for for now. Um. All in all, though, that December, right? Everyone, even before you got there. You pegged December as this month is going to suck, right? This yeah. month is going to suck. What What was their record in December? They played 15 games. Uh, they were probably, let's see, they played 15 games. They were mm-hmm. six and nine or seven and eight. Yeah. Six and nine. Yeah. Right. So in the grand scheme of things, it's bad, but. It, it's not as bad as some people thought it could have been. And I'm not trying to, you know, it's tough to put a positive spin when you have losses like that Clippers loss, like the West Coast trip, like the Minnesota loss. That's the problem. It wasn't as bad as you thought it might have been. It could yes. have been. But you but beat it, the teams you didn't. You had potential to make to it a lot better than it was. And that's yes. the issue. It's not what it should have been at the beginning. It's what was in front of you and what you did with it. Sure, it looked really hard going in. But then everyone got COVID. For example, that Phoenix game in Phoenix, Chris Paul was the only real star uh-huh. player that played for them. Aiton was out. Booker was out. Sure, the role players stepped up. Crowder was great. McGee was great. But still, that's a game that you should have been more competitive in. The first Clippers game, you get lit up by Brandon Boston. It's embarrassing. The Lakers game, you don't even show up for. Okay? That's embarrassing. You lose a game to Philly that you should have won. I mean, yeah, COVID got you down or whatever, but you're still in position to win. You're up seven with like not a lot of time left, and then you collapse. Bad. Um, geez, which other ones really? I mean, obviously Minnesota, Minnesota and then the other Clippers game were Clippers. last year, I guess. Lakers game was ugly. Yeah. those. I mean, Minnesota, you should have won. Clippers, you should have won both. Bucks, you should have beat them in, in the yep. second Christmas game. Should have beat them. Mm-hmm. They, you had them where you wanted them. Beat them. Close the game. Simple. I mean, th- that right there is five extra wins they should have had. They should have at least been 11 and four in the month. Yeah. They, they let, they could have, could have, would have, should have. It's not really what I'm saying. I'm saying the team needs to be better. I'm not saying they all do. like they almost did. It's not a moral victory. It's more of like, figure it out. Don't and I be think, bad. I think this next stretch, next stretch. The month of January is going to be very important for the Celtics because they genuinely have a real chance at getting four or five games above 500 in this month. Like, yeah, they, they should could... be able to run through all these bad teams <laughs> yes. they play. They play San Antonio, right, so... then they play the Knicks on a back. Uh, let's play. Home home. Let's play. Let's play Sam's January record, shall we? Let's see what Sam thinks. Did you for... Did you write down the last one? <laughs> I did, but I could not begin to tell you where it is. Okay. Um, can you, can you was... like? like save this one we can revisit yes it. i have this i'm notes on my ipad now so everything saves automatically. okay i'll mark this one down as the uh the january okay <clears throat> edition i'll do my record too we'll, we'll both do records at the same time okay um sam's versus jack's january record um all right hold up let me let me adjust this really quick we're gonna do wins and losses for each one so i'm just gonna Take that's fine notes and move it down yeah when i when i pick these games and like i'll probably be saying a lot of wins just because i feel like the team's capable of that i i don't think this team is bad per se i think they have issues i think they can't shoot i still think they have a lot of talented players on the roster like you can figure out how to win games it, it's you're you're wildly underachieving right now yes i i agree with you i'll probably i'm gonna base mine on how good the team is, but also I'll, I'll probably take into consideration, do I think the team will win this game in particular, if that happens? <laughs> yeah, there'll, <laughs> so, there'll be a couple that's like, oh, well, they show up for this, and they really won't. Yes. Because that's just right, how they so, do things. But Yeah, yeah. so the Celtics have not won three games. They've only had one three-game win streak this season, and that bad. was bad. Yes, Lakers, OKC, Houston. Um, they're on a two-game win streak right now. They play the Spurs on Wednesday. Um, win or L, Sam? What do you, what do you they think? They should win. Okay. I'm going to also mark that down as a win in my book. Um, I think the, the Celtics show up for that game. Then they've got the Knicks twice in a row. They should win both. 
both both are your dubs in your you, book? Yeah, you're you're not gonna agree. Like you're gonna say they're gonna lose one, probably Thursday away. Yeah, I have the. I'll, I I'll say they'll lose the first one. But I don't think they should lose it. I just don't. I think the Knicks are bad. I agree. I think they should definitely win both. But I'm gonna have them losing the first one because it's in Madison Square Garden. And it's the Celtics. They're bound to lose one of these. But yes, I think they. I, I think they should win the first four games of the new year at least. And I don't know who's next. I I think like I was looking at the schedule when like they put it up on the screen, uh, yesterday during the game, and I like said to my yeah. dad, I was like, they shouldn't lose any of these games. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, then they got Indiana twice. They shouldn't <coughs> lose to Indiana. Indiana's bad. Yeah, I'm gonna go double dub as well. Two wins there. Uh, then they got Philly. Philly, they can lose. They're away. That that one, okay. they it's acceptable if they lose it. So you got it as an L. Yeah, I, I still think, think they can win. <laughs> I think Philly got like kind of a fluky win at the Garden. They didn't have Williams. Or Williams played. I'm sorry. Or no, did he play? Williams didn't play. No. And well, okay, 40. so Will- not that I really think he would have made a big difference, just because he's kind of small for Embiid. But Horford didn't play, and I think that was a big difference. I actually, I think that's gonna be a win. I you think do? if if Horford and or Rob play, I think they can beat that. Philly that team. that's my reasoning too, but yeah, I don't necessarily I expect it. I think that's like. Yes. I think Philly's kind of bad too, but I think Embiid's really dominant. And I think they're typically against the Celtics, they play better in Philly. Yeah. So I feel like that's one that's acceptable to lose. That th- This is more of, do I think it's acceptable or not for them to win or lose or to, <laughs> for them to lose this? And you're predicting whether you think they'll win or lose. Yeah, that's fine though. We can, we can write it like that. Um, after Philly, they've got Chicago. That's here, right? Um, let me look. That is, yeah, it's here. It's yeah, they should win. You'll okay. you'll probably go the other way. I think I had that assist now. I don't think they can beat Chicago. I think Chicago it should be them the first time they didn't do it. So <laughs> they did. Mm-hmm. I think they. I I think that's if you really want to get into like if I was betting the game or telling you like a real reason I think they're gonna win. I think that's like a bulletin board material kind of game. Like okay, last time we had them and it was like the most embarrassing loss before the Minnesota game of the season. Yeah. I think they can win. I just don't think they will. I think that'll probably be it out. Um, after that, they have the Pelicans, New Orleans Pelicans. They should win. Yes. If they lose that, that's going to be like one of them, like the Minnesota game. Even even if like the Pelicans are like full strength or whatever, I still think they should win. I think Ingram's a quality player, and like you know, he's not like uh, what's the name of the guy that killed them in Minnesota that Greg Monroe didn't know his name, Jalen Noel. Noel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's no Jalen Noel, but. Um, that should be a win. Charlotte. Charlotte. Charlotte, they should win. I think that's going to be an L. That's there, I, right? I it a, must be on the road. Well, I, I don't even know, honestly. That is – no, that's that's home. Yeah, I, I don't think they should lose that game. I don't think they should either. I think Charlotte's be been cooled of off games. lately, right? I mean, I know they've had a lot of COVID, but – They have. They Charlotte have is off. horrendous defensively. They allow 117 points a game. But I have a bat, but they're phenomenal on offense. So I have a really bad feeling that this is going to be one of the games where Boston just can't score, even though like it's they just can't make shots for some yeah, reason. And okay. Charlotte's going to come to play, so that's, that's fair. my reasoning there. They should win. I'll preface they should for win. Those listening. They should win, but I think that could be an L. Um, after that, they have Portland. They should win. Portland. <laughs> we just talked about it. Bad. Portland. Bad. I think they'll have be a dub as well. Washington. They should win. They they okay. should remember those two games earlier this season that they kind of crapped themselves in at the end. That should be like another one, like I said, bulletin board material. Win. Washington's okay. bad, too. They're worse, a lot worse than they were at the time. Early yeah. in the season, they're they're 500 now. They, they're, where, they're closer to where I thought they should be. Yeah, yeah. It's not uh, like they're for- some team that all of a sudden, like, like Chicago, that has sustained yeah. being good. They're not. They're yeah. average. Yeah, I have them winning that game too. Sacramento is next after they should that. Win. Yep, I agree. Atlanta after that, and the game is in Atlanta. That one they might lose. I think they should still win. So, what do you want me to put down for you? Put it. Put it as a loss because Atlanta's been okay. really good at home. Gotcha. I'm also gonna say that's a loss. Not yeah. that it should be because I think they can beat Atlanta. Atlanta's not even that good, but Trey Young is Trey Young, and I think in Atlanta that's tough. Uh, Pelicans again win yep and then miami to close out the month where is it it is in boston they should win really see i, I think, think and i think out. miami's like for real like i think they're good but i think you should win that game yeah because it's in boston yeah i mean you you 
beat the doors off in the first time, which could go the other way. Like I said, like uh, the Chicago oh, game, yeah. the Washington games, like they might come in and remember it, but they've shown they can play well against that team this season at full strength. Okay, so you win. have you have thirteen two record in January. Yeah, that's close to what it should be. In my opinion, so is, think... is that what you're expecting, or is that what you like? That's like the the what what's the floor? The floor should be maybe eleven and four. Okay. Maybe you drop. Let's see which tough ones. Uh, I'd still don't think you had them winning. The you had them winning both New York games. You had them winning the Chicago game. Maybe um, they might lose to Chicago and Miami. I or Charlotte and Miami. Th- those are the two games I don't think I would be like furious if they lost. I'll be like a little disappointed that they didn't get up for it. Unless like they completely embarrass themselves or something, but I still don't think they should lose to the Knicks. Yeah, okay. So you have the Celt- I had them at 10 and 5. That was my prediction for the month of January, 10 and 5. Yeah. <laughs> um at the end of the month according to Sam, the Celtics will be <laughs> 31 and 21 if I cuz they're 18 and 19 right now, right? Yeah. Okay. 31 and 21 and I have them being 28 and 24. I think 28 and 24 is very realistic. It's probably more realistic than 31 and 21, but they really need to get their head out of their ass and if there's any time any time to do it, it's now. Yeah. And I think the floor as painful as it is, I think the floor is another 500 month. I mean Yeah, it, if it's it a 500 month then you really have some you have some discussions to have. And that's right before the deadline, too. That's why I'm saying this month is going to be the most important month of the season for the Celtics. I have our predictions here um, for those watching. If uh, if they track of these. if they go 500 this month, I'm not going to be somebody that you're going to want to talk to. <laughs> or I'm not going to be somebody that's going to want to talk to you about the Celtics. Also valid. Also valid. So I'll ask you this. If they go 500 this month, or even if they underperform, what are you doing at the deadline if you're Brad Stevens? Like, what's what? What do you do? And it obviously I'm depends selling. on the reason. I'm selling. I'm not going to like. I'm what not going to bring in people to help them. I I you can get rid of Schroeder, see what you can get. Who else is like kind of expendable? I don't think Richardson's expendable. I'd like to see him stick around, especially his contract's kind of tradable. Is or, Smart expendable? No, no, it's okay. not his fault. He's playing well. He's expendable in an off-season deal, unless like they're gonna like trade for like a megastar at the deadline or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, if like they're gonna go get, I guess you could say Bradley Beal, but I don't know. I don't know what Bradley. One, Beal. one of them type guys. Yeah. All right, maybe depending on what the situation is, or Simmons or something like that. Yeah. But besides that, I don't really want him off the team. I think he was it. You that said like he's. You feel like he's kind of been the best player all year. Bobby said that. Bobby said that. I think Bobby's a smart guy, so I kind of agree with that. (laughs) I I think it's a fair take. Yeah. Um, So I don't think – no, I don't think you should be getting rid of him. I think he's done an exceptional job of trying to buy into his new role, of taking smarter shots. Sure, he still has games where he's not efficient. Fine. But he's been really great at passing. His assistant turnover ratio is really great. Which is important if you want him to be the point guard. You stats guy Sam, they should call you. Wow. (laughs) There was something with stats that I wanted. Oh, um, you talked about uh, like not being like that against threes because of analytics. Yeah. And I was thinking about what John said the last time about if you make 40 mid ranges, you only need to make 27 threes to match the points. The problem with that is okay. You have the same amount of points you're scoring on less possessions. It makes it easy for the other team to go on a run. That's the problem with that. That that's the that's the thing that's not going to show up in your calculator. I guess, yeah, but that's like a that, mega important thing. Like, what, if you're just out there chucking, if you miss 13 extra shots, that's 13 extra rebounds they get to get out and run in transition possible. Yeah, and also fair. typically missed threes are long rebounds that can lead to that. So, I'm not saying it always does. Stats might not no, be, I understand but, your point. And I also think it depends I, I on truly the believe it's the better to score the same amount of points if you're scoring on more possessions than to score the same on less. Just doesn't make I sense think it, to me. I think it largely depends on how good your defense is playing. And I also think shooting threes is lazy a lot of the time. Mm, I think I there are good looks they get from three that they create and guys miss them. However, I think a lot of the Tatum threes are lazy. And even Brown yeah. is lazy sometimes I think, shooting threes. I think threes when you take the right threes are some of the least lazy shots in the game 
because in order to get the good looks, you have to drive to the, you have to ball movement, you have to drive to the paint, you have to do all these things in order to get that look. Like most, yeah. if not all, of Grant Williams' threes are some of the best looks. Yeah, in the no, most, no, no like, I agree. Like, the hardest looks to get because the Celtics run good offense. When Jalen Brown is cooking the right way and he's getting those shots at the wing off of you know motions or, or your plays or whatever. Those are good looks to get. Like you said, the Tatum step backs, the Jalen Brown turnaround middies or whatever. I don't want to see looks. any guys before like six seconds on the shot clock coming off a high screen at the top of the key and pulling a three. I don't. Yeah. Unless you're like on fire. Like Tatum will do it in the first quarter of a game and I don't get it. It's like work harder, get a better shot, go to the basket. Don't shoot that shot. It's bad. It's yeah. bad. You're sh- what is Tatum shooting? Like 34% from three? Poor guy's uh, just had COVID. And I'm already ripping him. Like <laughs> really he hasn't even played again. And I'm already ripping him. But I think it's less. I think Tata. Yeah, he's shooting thirty. Well, I was being 9. generous. Yeah. So I think I said this either on the pregame. I, I definitely said it on pregame because people were going at him. If you don't want Marcus Smart taking that shot, then don't want Tatum taking it. Yeah, they're shooting the same percentage. Mm, more or less, but yes. Well, career smart is about what Tatum's shooting this year. Yeah. So there you go. And in defensive smart he's taking the least threes that he's taken in three years he's taken yeah. significantly less threes than he has in years past and he's yeah, taking smart I, rules. I saw andrew andrew our, our, our buddy andrew doxy tweet this out he's taking the highest percentage of his shots as twos in his entire career which is great it's phenomenal it shows like phenomenal. we already kind of talked about this it shows you he's buying into what they're asking him to do now imagine if schroeder was doing the same thing or being asked yeah. to do the same thing we don't really know what's going on i don't think I don't really think Schroeder's a hard ass that's just trying to like make the team worse or not listening to the coach. I do think he has um nice ulterior motive. You know, he, he would like yeah. to get paid, but I don't think he's like sabotaging the team or ignoring what they're telling him to do or anything like that. I just don't think it's being asked of him. But still, I think imagine if Schroeder was doing that is really what I'm trying to say. If he was really yes. distributing the ball, taking not a lot of threes, it'd be great. I agree. I agree, and hopefully he can do that. I, Marcus Smart's been phenomenal this season, I, I think, and you said that you agree uh, as well. Um, the way he's attacking the rim, the way he's taking smarter shots, the way he's making the extra passes, setting everybody up, and not to mention his defense bat is back at an All-NBA level, which last season a lot yeah. of people were questioning. He's back. The, the most steals he's ever averaged in his entire career is this season right now. So. Shout out to Marcus Smart. And the best part about it is he has the ball in his hands more than ever. I mean, I can check his usage percentage and his turnovers is right around career average. So he's not, he's not turned the ball over either. Um, So yeah, shout out Marcus Smart. I do want to check in on another stat that we talked about. <laughs> Excuse me. It is the, um, the, the threes. Cause earlier this season, I remember we were looking at, they were taking significantly less threes since the start of the year. I want to look at where that number's at excuse me um now i'm looking at the month of december on and we'll see uh where the celtics are at threes wise what's an ideal number of threes per game for you sam i'll also give my number um and i'll give you some 25 to 30 and if you're shooting well then you shoot more all right the league average right now i'll tell you i don't care what the league average is i'm telling you what this (laughs) team should shoot with the shooters they have the non-shooters they have on the team the league average right now is 35.5 threes a game, which is the most ever in NBA history. Of course um, it is. It'll be probably <laughs> a new league high every year. It has been. It's been a league high for every year for the past, uh, since 2011, 2012. It's been a new league high every year since then. Um, this year, the Celtics as a whole are taking, let's see. Uh, threes this season, Celtics, why can't I find them? They're 12th in the league in threes attempted per game at 36.5. Yeah, they're shooting about five to ten more than they should be. (laughs) Okay. And they're shooting 33.3% on those looks. Yeah. Um, Which is also league average for three-point percentage is also tanked this season, which is uh, interesting. League average for three-point percentage is 34.8%, which is the lowest it's been since... Oh, wow. That's the lowest it's... Oh, oh my God. Um, It's the lowest it's been since 1999. Which is kind of crazy. It is crazy. I didn't know that. Um, Yeah. The Celtics are below average shooting threes 
on the lowest shooting season across the league in this millennium. They should yeah. not be shooting 36 threes a game. Month of December is they're around 36. So they're 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 apparently stuck on 36. And like I said, Sam, when they shoot better, obviously they win more games, but the the correlation is so stark. Like it's not like it, it's not to the point where you could say like, "Oh, you know, defense, offense, whatever." Their three-point shooting at this point in the season determines whether or not they win games for better or for worse. And so at that point, I think like I said, I said this earlier in a broken record, you got to put out rotations that can shoot and that can play the style of basketball that they're fixated on playing. Yeah. And to kind of jump on that, we talked about what we think they're going to do this month, wins and losses. So we, we discussed what they're going to do at the deadline if they're bad, but if they're good, I think they should invest in what do you one trade? more guy that could shoot. What do you get rid of though? What do you trade to do that? I don't know, like, like bring in like trade Schroeder for someone like that makes no money and just can shoot threes. Like you're not going to get anything useful for Schroeder. I don't think, I don't think you're going to get anything useful for Schroeder. Cause I don't think you're like, the, there's no team out there that would sell you a useful asset for Dennis Schroeder. Just because if they're useful, they're going to be useful to them. And if they're trading for Dennis Schroeder, they're going to be a team trying to compete right now. Especially I'm sure you can, got one year left. you can figure something out. Someone could fit in the TP. I'm pretty sure Terrence Ross yeah. fits in a TP. And I he don't does. think Orlando really needs him. So he does fit in a TP. Yeah. That's, that's the, someone the game he had. <laughs> I would really like to see come off the bench. I would also like Dennis Schroeder. I would love Dennis Schroeder. He'd be cool. Or not Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, you would love, love Dennis, Dennis Schroeder. Schroeder. I would love Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross would be great. Yes. Um, that, that's someone league. that I would be interested in. I, I think it's more about the TPs than anything. Yes. TPs are huge. And you've got you've got two big ones and one smaller one. You've got around 17 million for M40. You got around 9 million for uh Tristan Thompson. Shout out TT. Um and you've got around 5 million, 6 million for Kemba, but Terrence Ross does <coughs> excuse me fit into that uh M40 one. Yep. Uh would be funny if we use the M40 TPA on another Magic player. Orlando Magic player, yeah. yeah. But that that's an example in really the prime target, I would say, is if you're playing well, I'm sure you can get him for nothing. I don't know what his contract, how long it is or whatever. If it expires, does it expire I at think the end it of the ends, season? I think it's over at the end of the season. But I can Okay, well, check. if that's the case, then you really can get him for nothing. And if you can, then you do it. But as far as I'm concerned, if you're going to win those games, you need to... I don't know. I, I, I still don't think this team is like bad. I think they play bad a lot of the time, but I don't think they are bad, bad. If that makes sense. Yeah, I know what you mean. They're they're playing under what they should be playing. Like they're they're not they're underperforming expectations for sure. Terrence Ross, by the way, he Nope, he has this year and one more on the books. <clears throat> so he has this year and then he's also under contract for the twenty two, twenty three season. Um and I think if I didn't just lose him, he makes less money next year. Although I can't, I can't seem to find where it turns. Oh yeah, he makes twelve point five this year and eleven point five next year. Ross does. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I would be interested to see what they're asking for him. Yep. Other guys around the league, you could potentially pry away. Um, if the Blazers decide to sell, you could maybe look at a Larry Nance or Robert Covington. That's that's a team. I don't know if you um, need Nance. Covington I would like, but Nance I'm not Covington. so sure you need. Just because Grant's been playing so well, and he'd probably play a similar role to Grant on this team in the rotation. It just doesn't make sense to me to bring him in. But yeah. Covington is someone I think would be nice. that would be nice to have. Play yep. defense and shoot the three, all right. Yep. You look at Indiana, uh, Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, Torrey Craig, those kind of yeah, guys. Yeah, that's fine. Tori Craig, someone I'm actually kind of. I was watching like a Pacers game, and I was like, that that would be an interesting person to see what they could get. He's him. Cool dude, he's a good guy. Um, looking around here, uh, I'm looking at this relative salary range. Those are the main guys because you obviously got to look at these worst teams. There's not going to be like a there, but... a bunch of bunch of guys, but yeah, like someone that can help you score, help you make threes, help you execute some of these great looks that you're getting a lot of the time on offense, like we talked about. It's just. I don't know. I, I don't know if this team's proved they're worth investing in yet, if, if you're Brad. But if they have a good month well, here, as they should, the, then yeah. The, th the thing is, I think it's it's foolish not to invest 
simply because oh, the TPE is so. ju- just because the TPEs expire, right? Well, like, uh, they don't expire right away in the off season like that. For like we talked about with John, like that Fournier one. Lasts. One of them does. I know one of them will die out. Before the ones the that do, yeah, it would make sense to use them. I agree, but it depends what you have to give up too, and what you're getting yes. back. Like what well, you still have to make it worth like it for in, yourself. If you're talking like an Evan Fournier deal, I don't think it matters. You know what I'm saying? Like if you if you're trading, oh two, that doesn't three matter. Seconds, no, give away a exactly. second round pick that you're not going to use. Fine, yeah. I think if the Pacers and the Magic are selling, obviously the Magic As would be selling. The Ross. Pacers absolutely should be selling. Like they are. I know, but garbage. they haven't yet. So I would hope they should. They haven't yet. But they announced that they are. I know, which is weird. I think you could realistically get one or two of those pieces. And I think it'd be in your best interest, real, like as, as sad as it is to trade one of these young guys you have in the Celtics, right? Because you can't, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, it would be fantastic. Through. Like they'd trade one of them and then like whoever it was of would play better because they're going to get more minutes on these exactly. bad teams. That's just how And then people would be like, see, why are they trading these guys? That's how the world works. People just, don't understand that just opportunity like, equals success. Just like with like Desmond Bain, not that he wouldn't have been good on the Celtics, but he's got he an extended have the same run. Chance. I don't think so. I don't think he so. Would, I said he, he wouldn't have gotten the same oh, chance. Oh, yeah, he wouldn't have. Yeah, yeah no, he wouldn't. No shot. People like understand Garrison that. Matthews. People love to say they missed on this guy. They missed on that guy. They weren't gonna. They were not. Aren't necessarily the going only to get player I think that would have still had the same amount of success as Matisse Tybel because he was on the Sixers and I think he would have gotten a similar chance on the. Yeah, he would, especially if you give him Carson's minutes because Carson did nothing. Yeah, no, no, no. I agree with that one. That one I think would have been valuable to keep around. But like, and besides you, you that, you could argue like, for Desmond Bain maybe over Neesmith, but even that's like, mm, just know, like he wouldn't have got minutes. He would have been tough. Like people don't understand that when they compare these things. Even like smart people like Tim. Tim's like a guy that won't necessarily agree with me on that. Like, he'll be like, ah, oh, like whatever, like that guy, um, you know, he would have been fine here regardless. Like, that's just not, I mean, Bay it might is on the line, but there, there is no way of actually knowing that. <laughs> yeah. The you know, people, you can't, you can't, the Garrison uh, Matthews thing is, I know there, he, there's no shot. He would have cracked the Celtics rotation. Garrison Matthews, Max Struess. Um, <laughs> Even like Javante Green, you put him in the right situation, he's balling. He's a great piece. In yeah, I mean, he was on the Celtics. He kept him. So I know. What do you want? I mean, you can't. It's just stuff like they that. were justified not playing him. It's like who on that when he was on the team, who would you have played him over? Really? No. My one. point. My point is, if you take one of those young guys, you take some picks, you bring back, you know, one of Jeremy Lamb, Tory Craig, Justin Holiday, and then you go get Terrence Ross. I think your bench looks a lot better probably than what it does right now. Excuse me, and what in you know, all in all, and another hot take. We don't even have to talk about this because we can wrap up here in a sec. I think Jabari Parker should probably take Ennis Cantor, Ennis Freedom's minutes at some point here. Just, just saying for spacing reasons. Just I, I don't think realistically, what's the benefit of having Ennis Freedom on the floor over Jabari Parker? Rebounding sometimes when he decides that to, he's you know big enough to guard some of these guys. Not that he's a good defender, but he's he's physically large enough to okay. be in the way of somebody. I'm just saying, situationally, if you have yeah. Grant Williams too, like yeah. Grant Williams. Anyways, um, that's besides the point. I think you get Terrence Ross, you get one of those three indie guys. I mentioned. Did, did Freedom play on Christmas? <clears throat> no, he was so out. Why. He went out because then they had to bring in Aminu and um they didn't the other guy. Aminu. Aminu didn't play. He didn't play, but they had to sign him. Oh they had no yes, big yes, yes, and Norvell Pell. Yeah. So, all right, if they had him in that game, they might have had a better time trying to slow Giannis down okay. in the Jabari Parker minutes is what I mean. Like there that are situations and where the Wancho minutes, the Wancho minutes need to go the where it makes sense for Cantor to see the floor. I, I understand, but I don't think he should be playing extended minutes. I just think it's nice to have a person that is physically large enough to be in the way of a, another physically large person on the other team. Yes, I also think you could probably find a better physically large person around the league somewhere, even in free agency. <laughs> I'm just out on freedom, too. Anyways, um, that's all I have on the docket. Anything else you want to bring up before we get out of here? Um, we were talking about something else before I said, let's go back and talk like positives at the like if they if they do do well in uh, January, what you should do. I don't remember what it was, though. I think we we're just going to talk about like who you could add. Like, OK, you're thinking Buddy Heald. I don't well, know. I, I do want to say. A few things. First off, I do. If they do decide they want to like improve the team, I don't want them to trap themselves if they think they can do something better in the off season. Because I don't think it's worth compromising that for this season. I don't know if you're going to win. I mean, you could win. I mean, 
who knows? It's just how it goes. You never know what's going to happen. And also, I would like to see how Neesmith does after coming back from COVID. I think this is a good opportunity for him. I think they're kind of looking for him to be able to make some threes here. They've been begging for someone to do it. And yeah, this would be a nice time for it to happen. <laughs> I hope so. And I hope he gets the opportunity to do so. But I don't know. He's going to earn it. It's not, I don't think it should be just given to him. I think he should get some run. And if he plays, he has well, to be given running. the opportunity to earn it, though. Yeah. It's literally like a revolving door. Like you can, yeah. you can, it's like a dog chasing his tail. You're never going to get to the exact point of it because both sides are right. Yeah. It's just tough. He, he definitely hasn't played well enough to cement himself in the rotation, though. No. He's and had Pritchard some sparks. Has. Pritchard, Pritchard has. has. And I really hope that, and we saw it a little bit in that Magic game. Where Schroeder got all his minutes, I think he's gonna fall out of the rotation again, which is gonna frustrate me because I Pritchard. think he deserves to be in it. Yeah, yeah, he deserves he's to be fall in out it again. I, I he fits better. It. I, uh, I agree. We don't have to say any more than that. But uh, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate it. Uh, we just reached ten thousand total plays on the podcast all time. So thank you very much for that as well. We appreciate the support. Um, you guys can check me out on Twitter at Jack Simone NBA. Check us out on Twitter at Bannertown USA. Uh, and yeah, go ahead, Sam yeah again thank you very much for listening uh if you are a regular listener we always appreciate it. or anyone who really listens we got to ten thousand one way or another um that is a number we can throw <laughs> around at guests uh potential guests now saying hey look at us so who knows maybe you'll get to hear us talk to some cool people not that we don't already do so i mean we have some pretty great people on have had we great do. people on shout um, out thank you everybody yeah we appreciate those people that always come chat with us friends of the show of course um, but yeah, Jack and I have a lot of fun doing this. We have a lot of fun doing the pregames. I have been MIA from the pregames ever since they sent me into <laughs> cardiac arrest on Monday, but <laughs> I will be back this week for sure. I just been a busy week. Um, yes. Thank you very much for listening. You can follow Jack at Jack's Mon NBA, follow Bannertown at Bannertown USA. Follow me at Sam France NBA. That's our show. Jack Jacko.